What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Are you like me and thought one day, I want to start a podcast? Well, it's easy. All you do is go to Anchor FM and sign up for free. Then, all you do is you can record from your computer or your phone. And next thing you know, all you do is upload your episode. And then like magic, Anchor just goes and releases it everywhere to Apple, to Spotify. You name it, it releases it there. It's easy, it's simple, it's fun to use. And like me, I'm not very technical oriented. Again, easy. Not like the rapper, but it's easy. If you get what I mean. So again, Go to Anchor FM, sign up, and uh, start being a content or podcast creator today. Thank you for joining in to another episode of My Third Eye Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk to Jamie and Jenny King, a husband and wife from Western Pennsylvania, see what their thoughts are on Bigfoot and share their encounters. We go deep into a little bit of everything. Um, Don't forget to uh, look at uh, Alt Media United. Uh, If you like this podcast, you're going to love every podcast that's available on Alt Media United. My family thinks I'm crazy. Dangerous World Podcast, so many more. Um, just go check out Alt Media United. You will not be disappointed. It's a value for value show, just like every one of the podcasts that are available on Alt Media United. Just go check it out. Do everybody a favor, check it out. So anyway, let's get into the the interview with Jamie and Jenny. Uh, they're gonna, like I said, share their Bigfoot encounter. It, it's kind of cool and creepy and mystical and just kind of touches on all things that this podcast is about. All right. Well, we have Jamie and Jenny with us today and from Western Pennsylvania, Ohio area. And uh, we're going to pick their brains about what they know about Sasquatch. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, feel free. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jenny King. I'm Jamie King. Actually, I think I reached out to you. I had just got done listening to episode 100 of the confessionals. And it clicked on me that you were in, um, you were an admin in that, uh, the Bigfoot page that I was also in. And you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm like, holy shit, I'm talking to someone famous. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're pretty normal, but at the same time, weird. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's all good. That go through life too serious. We're, we're kind of on a different frequency, so... Your vibration, got to, yep, got to, got to flow with the vibration of and get in tune with everything. Yep. That's true. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so, you, 
Oh, go ahead. Do you want us to start into our Bigfoot and count, like how we got involved with Bigfoot? Like, yeah, absolutely. I know the first time I ever heard it. I, I, in fact, I've listened to that episode probably three times now because it just interested me. Plus, it hit right back in my backyard, you know, on the other side of the state. So, yeah, so feel free. Take it away. Start wherever you want and we'll have fun. Okay. So, I'm. Um... Jenny and I, like, um, my father lived with us for a year. He had bone cancer and he passed away. And Jenny can tell you for like probably six months after he passed away, I was in this weird place yeah, mentally. That's, that's to be expected though when something like that yeah. happens. Yeah. I was just in this weird place and Jenny said, you need to get back out and do the things that you used to do. So I was a pretty avid hiker. I traveled around Europe and I hiked in Europe. Um, right. So, so I said, let's get into the woods and start hiking let's do do this on a regular basis you know it's good exercise we're out in nature and really I I kind of resisted because I was in, in a pretty dark place but I remember Jenny took me and we went out to a Shenango Reservoir which is like very maybe like 10 to 15 minutes from where we live and basically it's um wildlife preserve the Army Corps of Engineers owns it so anyone can use okay. it and we went out on this turkey trail, and I remember I said this weird prayer when I got on the turkey trail. I said, Dad, if you're here, give me a sign that you're here. And, you know, forgot all about it. And we had our little beagle Harley with us. So we hiked on this turkey trail and, like, kind of taking photographs. We were looking for mushrooms. We were really just hiking this trail that leads down to the Shenango. And the closer we got to the Shenango, we were standing in, like, a little creek bed. So as we're standing there, my beagle started acting really bizarre and I picked her up because I thought she had got stung with a bee or that, you know, something happened to her because she didn't normally act that way. And I picked her up. And as soon as I picked her up, we heard this vocalization, this long drawn out, like wailing sound. And Jenny can tell you a little bit more, you know, like it's our shared experience. So she, she was there too. Oh yeah. Like you, Jamie was saying, we were in that creek bed and Harley was just not being herself. She was, she's totally like leader of the pack. She would never act like that. So a true hound dog. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> when Jamie, when Jamie picked her up, it was like immediately we just heard this, what sounded to me like this huge roar, like a dinosaur. Like we had no idea what it was and you could actually feel it in your body. It was so loud and like the vibration, I guess, from it, you could actually feel it. So how close do you think you guys were? to it to, in order to feel it like that because i know, you know i have i, mean, like I have a big dog and when he barks and he's fairly close you know i, I can feel it bounce off me but you're, you're saying you're walking in the woods and something just belts out a growl I say i would say it's about 150 feet from us but we were standing in this creek bed so we're in yeah in the creek bed and you could actually watch the water ripple so you yeah, know like unless our mind, eyes were just vibrating i'm not sure <laughs> no i mean literally we both knew what we were yeah. experiencing was not normal and yeah. the area itself is um very hollow so pennsylvania has a lot of hollows like west virginia yeah so you have this like area that goes up and then it goes down into another hollow and there's a lot of um cave systems there's a lot of mining that used to be yeah. there and I remember as we're standing there and we're looking at one another, we watched these trees in front of us shaking. So we're kind of lower at a lower elevation. This thing was on a ridge line. So what we were watching were these trees shaking and you could hear this thing just make this vocalization. When I say wailing, it was like a, 
like a dinosaur. Yeah, but it really like, had this long winded sound. Kind of like the just, like the T Rex in Jurassic Park. Absolutely, like that's right. the only thing we had to compare it to, like in our oh, mind. Man. Now and right, and we're both hikers, so we both know like Pennsylvania very well. Like Jenny and I both grew up in nature, pretty much. We're yeah. both. Camper. from the same area we camped all our life we've never i've been all over europe i've never heard anything like that and no. i remember just looking at jenny and i was really actually pretty worried like what could happen if this thing came at us it could probably hurt us so we made this kind of silent agreement with our eyes to just go and we had harley in our arms and we both turned and as we're turning to leave you could hear this thing behind us it was like this whooshing sound like whoa, whoa. And it had like this um, power to the vocalization that we both just kept going. And we really didn't stop. We really didn't. Um... <laughs> we did not stop. And, you know, the, the brush was, um, it's not like you're just walking in a, a yard that's the mo- you know, it's mowed grass. Like we were walking where I didn't want to run because, you know, you have, you have the risk of falling then. You know what I mean? So and right. we're basically there's ridge lines right near us. So on both sides, there's the, an area that you could actually fall off of. Well, so and running it wasn't something that we had to do very really quickly. And running that could have triggered the uh the the predator, you know, side of things where, you know, you don't run from a cat or a bear when you're in the woods cuz even a dog, you you turn your back on a dog and run, they're going to they're going to chase you. That's their instinct. You know, their prey drive kicks That's up. True. Right. And all that went through my head, you know, like Bigfoot didn't go through my head at that moment. No. But when we made it back to the vehicle, this is where um we still didn't talk a whole lot. So Jenny and I are on our way home. We didn't say anything. We got home. Then we started researching animal vocalizations and, you know, nothing came up that we knew of. Like I was putting in bear. I was putting in um, bobcat. I was putting in things that, are, that I don't always hear. Did you nothing put in, matched. did you put in Pennsylvania mountain lion? Cause we don't have mountain lions in Pennsylvania, you know, but we do. Well, I did put in mountain lion, but, you know, knowing full well that we're not supposed to have them. Right. And that didn't match. But what did match was our friend told us, did you ever put like, think about Bigfoot. So I put in this Bigfoot vocalization. I put in Bigfoot, Bigfoot vocalization. And across the very first thing that came up was this recording called the Ohio Howl, which was recorded in Wellsville, Ohio, which is less than 40 miles from where we had this encounter. Wow. You know, like it matched almost identical. Would you say, Jenny? Uh, yeah, well, except for what we heard was a lot louder. And, you know, listening to the recording, we were like, we just looked at each other like, that's what, that's what it sounded like. Except, you know, like I said, it was just much louder. I think when they recorded that, wasn't that, uh, money? Uh, yeah, it was Matt yeah. Moneymaker. Matt Moneymaker. I think weren't they, f- that was pretty far away. The sound that, that he recorded compared to how close yours was. Right. And obviously audio is not ever going to do anything justice. Right. Right. And, you know, I reached out to different Bigfoot groups to talk about it. And one of the first ones was, um, it was um, Eric Altman and Sean Forker. And Sean Forker runs another podcast. But Sean, we actually drove, I think it was like 90 miles to Dubois, like this restaurant called top of the mountain to meet with him to tell him our encounter and you know sean was really receptive to us and he listened to it and then you know we've become pretty good friends with him but where this story takes a different uh direction is like days after our encounter 
I kept going over and over in my head, like what had happened. And, you know, like I'm driving to work and all of a sudden this thought came into my head and it was kind of in my dad's voice. It said, Jamie, if you want to find the answer, go back to the beginning. So the beginning to me was that Turkey trail. So I'm on this Turkey trail and I said, dad, if you're here, give me a sign. And it was something that I'd completely forgotten about. So we're on this Turkey, you know, like I'm driving to work, I'm driving to work. And that thought came to my head. And the very last memory that I remember with my dad was he said, Jamie, can you take me outside to look at the birds and look at the trees? And I said, sure, dad, I took him outside. And then he said, can you take me in the goddamn house? I'm done. And he was like, really, it was like a really, um, like end of life experience for him. He was very much close to the end. And I said, dad, do you want to watch a movie? And I gave him a stack of movies that my sister from Maryland gave me. And he picked out a movie. I put it in the DVD player for him and he sat back and watched it. And I just kept looking at my dad and I was watching my dad watch this movie. And I really wasn't watching the movie and he was actually laughing and he had, he had settled down. But as I'm driving to work, the memory of the last movie that I watched with my dad was Harry and the Hendersons. And it's something that I just can't like, you can't really shake that. You really can't think of it like any other way then that's not it's either coincidental or there's something more to the power of our thoughts and the power of the universe and that's kind of the direction jenny and i took only because this experience was so powerful and we can get into that because i love that i've been on that kick now for oh man probably a year and a half just your power of thought you know spiritualism just your energy consciousness connecting with the remote thing this sounds weird like i a certain time like i'll be on a job like i told you i I found some wild mushrooms today it's almost like they talk to you like you i get a feeling like there's a mushroom around here that it may be edible it may not be but it's and then you you look into that whole side of things and there is lore that mushrooms do communicate with the whole entire forest yes they do i was (laughs) (laughs) you're talking to jenny jenny is very spiritual yes because i love trees and i feel like i feel like certain trees i'm communicating with certain trees or they're communicating with me or you know vice versa whatever and yes the trees and all the mycelium and all the root the root system they're all connected everything's connected yeah and mushrooms actually all have their own unique uh dna oh not, yeah not one of them is even if it you have the two harvest two alike ones are both going to be completely different just like a human it, right, it's yeah. crazy it's really cool <laughs> yeah but you know ghost the the one thing i can take away from this is like you we think of ourselves as human beings and we have experiences and each human being that we meet is a different reality. And I kind of started looking at every experience that I've had in my entire life. And I've had a long, uh, long stretch of things that I couldn't explain in my life. But this is one of those moments in my life where I had to say to myself, it's not, you know, it's not just what you put out there, but it's what comes back to you. So we're like a tuner and a receiver. So like when you say you're in the woods and then the mushrooms are speaking to you, we don't know who's speaking to us and we don't know how things operate. And I'm in this Bigfoot world and there's so many different opinions on what Bigfoot is and how you communicate with Bigfoot and if you can have interactions. And I'm saying for Jenny and I, 
the interactions that we've had have all started first and foremost with our own mind. Like after that encounter, we took our friend out to that same location and showed him the area. And as we're coming out of that area, we heard a man talking. It sounded like a man talking. We heard a dog bark. We heard what sounded like a whistle. And I told Jenny, get the dogs on the leash. And Jenny got them on the leash. And my friend Roger and I walked over to the edge of this ravine. And we watched this thing stand straight up. And I'm telling you, like, Bigfoot was not, Bigfoot was kind of on my mind that day, only because I thought to myself, if you're going to get answers, you have to go back to that beginning. And that was the area. So Jenny and I did this micro study, but we watched this thing stand straight up and go away from us. So How close were you? Roger did. Jenny didn't yeah, see I that. Yeah, didn't, I didn't get to see it. I was with the doggies. How, how, <laughs> how close were you to that when that happened? Again, it was about 100, 150 feet away, but it was downhill from us. We were we were on top of a ridge, and it was down lower. So we watched this thing stand straight up, which is hard to judge of the height of something when you're higher. Right. But we did go down into the area, and there was when we got down there, you had to go through these uh, large thickets. So this Pennsylvania has this large underbrush that's uh, very jaggers, thorny and yeah. jaggery. But we made yeah. it down there, and whatever was there had bedded down you could see this large circle of um grassy thorny stuff and there was also piney stuff and it looked like something had bedded there and there was actually hair but at the time i'm not a bigfoot researcher at that point right i was just trying to look for my own answer and ask my friend who's fishing game and wildlife to come and look at the area so at any point between there that you 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 two's first encounter and then you and your friends encounter what feelings came across you were like were you scared did it did did you confused just um you mean like with the with the, well the first one yeah like for, for when me, you heard the, when you heard it scream like did it did it shake you to your core or did it confuse you like um you can ask a lot of people i'm not really afraid of a whole lot and it actually didn't really scare me like um, like I was shaking, just really, really scared. I was maybe more intrigued, um, fascinated, um, confused, like you said, confused. You don't know what it is. I wasn't really like scared, scared, but I, there was kind of like a feeling like maybe we should go. <laughs> so you were you know, I, with me. With you me were never too, like more like protective, like we just got to go. I mean, I was right. curious too, but not afraid. So you, it didn't like disorient you. Like some accounts, people are like, "Oh, they they talk about the uh, um, infrasound, and it just confuses you and makes you not go in the right direction, even though you know the area like the back of your hand." Well, no, we did go in the right direction, so we weren't disoriented like where we didn't know we where we were going. We did. I okay. mean, when you say when I hear people say that infrasound and the zapping or whatever, basically what what I think of is it really it made us. Shocked. We were shocked that we were hearing something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. I mean, nobody expects a dinosaur. That's what we were really thinking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Out pops a big T Rex. Right. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, I, I shared with you uh, my dog's reaction a couple summers ago when we came across a rock cairn. And right after that, bushes started shaking and trembling. And I, I carry when I go in the woods, I immediately, you know, drew my weapon in that direction. Luckily it was a big buck, but the way my dog was acting over this rock, Karen, 
that's never scared of anything. I was just like, so, yeah, I just had a feel something was off, but thank God it wasn't Sasquatch or, or anything like that. But, you know, every now and again, I'll go back and just watch that, the video that I took of him. And that's like something, something, something freaked my dog out. But at the yeah. same time, he, he didn't run away. You know what I mean? But well, maybe, maybe the dog smelled something. Yeah, that's very possible. You know, and yeah. I mean, I think animals have a heightened sense of um, their reality, like more so than humans. We've turned off our senses that we, you know, could use for survival unless we're in a survival moment. True. Yeah. Um, Once you get into one of those survival moments, you know, you just, it, nature takes over and you just, you just kind of go, you know. Go, you're on it. Mm -hmm. True. So you can make mistakes though too. Oh yeah, big time. That's how people go missing. <laughs> so with your second encounter with your buddy, did did that shake you a little bit more or kind of the feel you know about the same? Like you still just wasn't sure, you know, it might have been on your mind, but it might not have been on your mind. You know, I think that when, when, when the second one happened, I wasn't expecting anything. You know, I was, I had heard that Ohio howl, so that was in my mind. But I was thinking, I'm taking this person out who's a fishing game and wildlife person just to show them the area. And, you know, like not expecting that something was going to happen. It happened. So, like, literally I stood there like a student looking at somebody that's a professional, like, what are you seeing? What did you see? <laughs> you know, like, right. it was now- that moment. Does he admit to anything? Like, does does he think they're real? Has he ever had any weird encounters? He told me, yeah. He told me that part of his uh, training in the fishing game and wildlife and, you know, was they would play recordings and they would play as a joke, a Bigfoot recording. And then they would say, does anyone know what this is? And he said that, you know, people in the room would just laugh and then maybe one person would raise their hand and say Bigfoot. But that's as far as he he said but he told me that he has found things that he can't explain yeah. in and around the shenango so you know like jeff said that too yeah jeff our friend jeff who's also a fishing yeah. game wildlife guy told us there's things that he's found that he can't explain at shenango and you know he he gave me his card and he said jamie if you're in the woods he said i would really like for you to take my card because you know i you need to get a hold of me if something happens and he said Basically, I'm worried also of people with warrants for their arrest that are in the woods and, you know, cooking meth or something crazy. But, you know, we're kind of boots on the ground and we're eyes at the Shenango more so than most people that live around here. Because for us, it's about finding answers for ourselves. And that's what we're doing pretty much every day. Like, as as much as we can get out, we're out. So tell me a little bit about what what you've come across. Uh, I, I have one thing that isn't Bigfoot related that you came across that I want to talk about, but I want to stay on topic with, you know, with Bigfoot. So if you found any, I don't know, nests, anything, you know, tell me, let, let's hear it. Okay. So our goal was to micro study. Our goal was to find and make the Shenango so much a visible part of our um, own map of of Shenango. So basically when we say we go out every day, we're going to different areas. Sometimes we go to these areas, we ghost it. So we'll we'll ghost the area and then go to a new area and then we'll go back to different areas. But we found prints. We found 
actual prints that I've cast. Oh, wow. I've found um, a series of tracks. I've found shelters. And I think Jenny and I have been mapping these shelters. So currently we're up to at least 21, 21 shelters that we found. <clears throat> really? And yeah, we, some of them are pretty decayed now, you know, because we found them quite a while ago. So a lot of them are decayed, but we still kind of check up on them but you know they're pretty much you can't even tell they were a shelter anymore now are they but, all in the same area or do they like form like a, a directional like like a travel direction i don't know like on the map i guess they are kind of just at different points at the shenango on either side of the water so i mean yeah. something like the shenango itself is shaped like a, a minotaur that's what i call it okay it, it's got this weird shape like if you look at it on a map it looks like one of those minotaurs and All right. there's different branches so one area of the shenango is very very marshy and really good to track and we've had a lot of activity there where i've gone out with my friend jim sparks we call him sparky and we've had things throw we've had things thrown at us um we found shelters. We do a lot of um, documenting with photographs and we measure the things that we find. We count the branches that are in these structures. Um, What's the common number that you come up with usually? with? I would say 18 is probably an average. So there's about okay. 18. The, the, the largest one that we found was almost 50 feet tall. It was, it was big. Very tall. It was I mean, tall. Like, I call and I give I give certain areas of the Shenango a different name based on what we find there. Okay. So like I don't tell people exactly where stuff is at. They, I think some people know what I'm doing, but <laughs> the one area I call it the cathedral because it's an area where we found this large large structure. Now, I'm probably I don't know if you've ever got asked this, and maybe this is more for Jenny because you're more into spirit and, and I believe you're into astrotheology a little bit as well. Yes. <laughs> um, if you took those shelters and, and that you have mapped out, how do they align with the stars? You know what? We need to do that. That is an excellent idea. I have not thought about that, but that's an excellent it, idea. Because if you think our ancient ancestors, the sky was their TV. And right. that's, that's how they got all their information. Yeah, so the if they're still that primitive, yeah, if they're yeah. still in that mindset... And right. that's how they know how to, when to travel. To... to do that. Yeah, that's a great, great yeah. observation. I mean, a lot of times, like when we go out, sometimes I'll go at night and I have noticed a weird um, quality about these shelters is how the moonlight comes through certain areas of the shelter. And they all have like one main theme. And the main theme is they have this thing called a spine. And the spine is usually a living tree it's bent over and then dead ones put on top of it now but it, it forms a really interesting thing at the very top which the moonlight comes right through it gotcha it um, now does are you keeping track of what month and what have you of the times the moon or the sun does shine in at a, at a certain angle are they all yeah, we should, are they we all should. different well, well, I have dates and times, yeah. but I could probably look up the solar. Um, yeah, we need to do that more often, too, because we've only really done that with a couple of them. <laughs> we, we, re we really should. That's a good I usually write in my journal the weather condition, time of year, the date, 
um, how far it is from another structure, what is around the structure, items that I find. Like, I really, like, my main thought is always to debunk it. So I'm always looking to see if, like, maybe some human built this, and I'll look for, like, gum wrappers or bullet shells or you know, something that a hunter would have sat in. But I do know that it's illegal in Pennsylvania to make a shelter out of natural things. It has to be man-made. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but that's that's a great idea. Like, I, I keep track of the moon, but it's usually for personal reasons. Good, that's right. but, your job. <laughs> but yeah, I, I should. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> and like I said, the only reason I was thinking on that level is just, you know, our ancestors that was their TV. They, they, they knew when to put the plows in the ground when the, when the right. sun was in Taurus and, you know, yes. so on and so forth. So, yeah. you know, why wouldn't they, you know, look for something like that for a use it to know where when food sources are there or good time, you know, weather conditions, you know, you know, anything. I, I don't know. I'm just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good observation. Yeah, Definitely that's the thing too like when you um have a lot of bigfoot researchers a lot of people go off information that other people have and it's really good to think like outside of um outside of your own comfort zone like i don't know a whole lot about astronomy but it's a good way to think right well i know i i know you think outside the box a lot when you're you're researching a lot of this stuff because you'll come up with ideas and and what have you that I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that angle. Like, uh-huh, that's interesting. Okay. Because, you know, some people in the Bigfoot community think these are spiritual beings. Some people, you know, you can get into the whole woo-woo with with other things, you know. And, and I'm not going to say they're wrong, you know, that that's their belief. But, you know, at the end of the day, no one really knows what they are, you know. No, other- you really don't. And the best way to find out things is, like Jenny and I call it experimenting with the field. So, you know, we're pretty well, we're well aware that we're different than a lot of Bigfoot researchers and we're going with what we know and we're going with our strength. So our strength is we're taking our experience and we're moving forward in a way that we're finding answers and we're finding shit that is pretty, you know, pretty cool. Like, I mean, it's, I'll say. I can look at my research and look at other people's and I think to myself, and I'm not being like um, arrogant. arrogant, but I think <laughs> it, I find some really cool shit. And I think it has to do with almost um, that energy connection. Like if you think in terms of energy mm-hmm. and you think of what you put out to the world, I think that that's where we're at. Like we're almost manifesting things that we find. All right. Like you said, we're open, you know, we're, we're open to different things and new things and seeing things a little differently, I guess, than... Well, us humans, we are energy creatures. I mean, we are made of energy. They are too. Yep. E- everything is made of energy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I see people too, like the big names in the Bigfoot world. Um, Ron Moorhead just put out that book on quantum Bigfoot. And I'm yeah. thinking to myself, I've been, you know, like I said quantum before, like, Maybe before him, like I was really thinking. Like, I don't <laughs> You're make... just mad because he came out with the book. No, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I would be. <laughs> but... I, no, I really give him credit, like for coming out and saying mm-hmm. it's hard to say that you're woo 
in a world where the, everybody wants to believe it's just some monkey running around the woods that's undiscovered. I find that maybe a little harder to believe that something could completely 100% hide from us if it didn't have some kind of super ability. Right. right. And we're not an underdeveloped country where no. species can go undetected because they're so vast and people don't live there that, you know, look how, look how not that long ago the panda bear was discovered or, or, and, and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So this thing, if it's, if it knows these wood, think of a hunter that knows his area and his woods, like the back of his hand, you're never going to find him in that area. He's going to be well camouflaged and he's going to leave no sign for you to follow. These things are masters of their environment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've microed it down to the Shenango. I've had, I can say this, like Jenny and I have been doing this for years now, but this is the quietest year that I've had in Pennsylvania. Do you think it could be because of all the rain we've had? I didn't really think of that. No, I didn't really think of that. I thought more on the lines of like, what's going on in general right with um the collective gotcha she's talking like collective consciousness of the planet like well, everything's that, gone into like show slow down shut down the hive mind of the whole world and society is a clusterfuck you know yeah. since mm-hmm. since the beginning of the whole you know what you know um, right. and yeah. yeah so i don't know i was i was relating it to to the rain only because that takes away and if you're you're saying it's marshy there in, in certain areas and it's got creek beds, um, water levels are going to be up higher, which could restrict movement and travel. And right. you know, I mean, if, if but I, I don't know. on a physical level that would be that would make a lot of sense, you know. Like, well, I I believe that um you know Sasquatch Bigfoot is physical. It is a physical being, but I also feel that it's also not cannot be just a physical being right yeah you know kind of like uh uh, the native americans you know right they talked about it yeah and they believed in a thunderbird now there's evidence that thunderbirds actually existed yeah and forever everybody's (laughs) like oh that's just you know they're them telling stories well apparently it wasn't no that's yep and Pennsylvania is full of stories about oh. Pennsylvania is one of those states that has some very, very bizarre cryptid type things, UFO sightings. And yeah. you know, like, I'm open to all of it. Like Jenny and I do some strange things. Like, Let's get into it. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're in the right place for strange because nothing's <laughs> off the table. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say like we're doing anything like totally illegal. It's it's more like we're <laughs> you're not sacrificing. <laughs> you're not out there. Yeah, yeah. You're not out there sacrificing puckwudgies and stuff. Yeah, I mean, ghost. After <laughs> oh, after our encounter, we actually went to Jenny's cousin, who's a psychologist, mm-hmm. to talk to her about what happened to us. Well, plus about your dad and all right, that and-, and you know, like she told right. us you're not alone she's like there are so many people that have come to her office with these out of the ordinary ghost type things all kinds of things and she hooked us up with um a group of people called the free thinkers okay so jenny and i started going to these free thinkers and mm-hmm. you know you, people have really cool interesting experiences, experiences. yeah and yeah. we've been lucky enough to be invited to 
go into this woman, um, her group, they do C-SETI research. C-SETI is with Dr. Stephen Greer, and it's basically like human-initiated contact with um, aliens, and there's a whole protocol that they use. And, you know, we started doing that with her, and then we started doing it on our own with our own, like, a select few people that we have, like, a connection with, and we've experienced things on that level, too. So when I say we experiment with the field, I mean, like, we're not we're open to the idea of if Bigfoot's real, aliens are real. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ghosts are real. All yep. of it. I've seen a ghost, so yeah, I know. I've had some paranormal <laughs> experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, in the beginning of the lockdown, there was a lot of uh I I guess you could call them orbs, different colored orbs that didn't have strobe lights on them and that were moving very fluid in a, in, in in one, one direction with no sound. And that happened. I don't know. I was on, I was furloughed for about two months and it it happened probably four, four times, four or five times in the evening. I I just randomly go out and look up at no clouds in the sky or whatever. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? Like that. Okay. That's weird. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I just seen one last weekend. I think it was last Saturday. Uh, I was outside. I was forgot I had to cover up uh, the grill, and I'm out there covering it up. And I just happened to look up, and I'm like, "Oh wow, you can see all the stars." It's like it's been cloudy all summer and horrible for any type of sky watching. And there goes a blue one, just and then gone. I'm like. I don't know. And then, you know, like you said, if Bigfoot's real, aliens are real. If aliens are real, why can't Dogman, Mothman, Chupacara yeah. be real? You know, all that. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Like, I think that when we, like, as humans, we want to debunk things. We want, mm-hmm. we want answers. But sometimes the answers are, come from ourselves. So, like, if you, like Jenny and I, you have to have faith in something. So the faith that we have in ourselves is that we can possibly, and I'm saying that not all humans can do this, but we should try. Why not try to initiate contact with lots of different yeah, things? Like communication. Absolutely. Why not? When you're out there sky watching, why not say in your own head, if you're there, make contact and see what happens. Just I, experiment. Well, I think part of that is believing though. Believing, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, believing in and that's and where a lot of people are I, I think they feel embarrassed or maybe uh how would you f- like they'll yeah, they'll like, be made like, fun of. Yeah, like made fun of, or kind of like if you take the the beaten child syndrome, he, he doesn't want to admit that he was beaten because he'll fear repercussion or he he right. looks at himself as as the bad person you know what i mean and people think that oh if i tell somebody that i had an encounter with something that looked like a werewolf you know they're i'm going to be the laughing stock of the town and i i won't have anywhere to live well that that's not the case more people are waking waking up and yeah and you got, you starting speak to believe your truth, right? you yeah speak your truth. absolutely you know right it's scary to come forward with, with stories like that but you know like if you live fearlessly and you live with the concept 
that we're only here on this planet a short time. Experiment with it, you know, try to figure out your, your own answers, you know, and, and even if you sound crazy to people, at least you're making your own personal experience for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree with thousand percent. <laughs> if you wanted- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do a podcast, do it. Yeah, 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 I, exactly. You know, I just needed, needed a little kick in the ass for myself, apparently, but... Uh, like I said, I was standing in the warehouse the one day and asking you, Hey, give me some more podcasts to listen to. And you're like, just start your own. I'm like, Oh, I can't do that. No, uh-uh, I'm too scared. But you know what I love about you asking me that is like, because mm-hmm. I, I really, I enjoy a lot of the podcasts, but what I really enjoy is the interaction that the podcast host has with the people. And sometimes the questions that they ask take you in a different direction. Like the mm-hmm. question that you asked Jenny about, the solar, um, the astrological and all that stuff with Bigfoot structures. Like I never thought about that, observing it that way. Yeah. And I could be totally wrong. You know what I mean? But you know, Hey, it's just a thought. It's it's worth looking into. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So do you have any sky watching stories that you guys have seen? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jenny. You go. Well, well, let's see. We go to this one spot out at the Shenango. I won't reveal the location. No, no but, that's fine. Somewhere <laughs> but, in no. the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, well, it's because there's other people to go with us, and I don't know if they would want you know, us right. to say anything, but there's a place where we go and that we've been doing sky watching for a while now. And on this one occasion, you know, we're, we're just there. We're like, oh, it's getting kind of late. Maybe we should go. We'll stick around for a couple more minutes. And then from the west comes this bright light, which cut low, it's low in the sky. And we're like, okay, well, let's keep our eye on this. What's this? It's not blinking. It's getting closer and it's getting closer. And we're like, it looks like a C-130. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, but it's got all white lights on it. And then we're blinking, but it looks like a C-130. It gets closer and closer to where we can actually see propellers on it. And then it actually turns, like, it turns in this field that's over from us, and it turns and heads south, and then it just disappears. I mean, uh, I kid you not. And all of it us- just disappeared. Like, there was no, like, you couldn't hear sound, and it was really right above the treetops. And this thing just did this turn. and Like a 90-degree turn? I mean, it really turned hard, and we could see, that's when I could see more of the propellers, and there were three lights, three white lights. Could you hear the propellers? Yeah. You could hear them. 
Oh, oh no, we actually, well, I could. I don't know if everybody could. But I, I actually hear heard, anything. But I didn't actually hear it until it got closer. <laughs> then when it turned, disappeared, and I could actually still hear it, but it wasn't there. Well, from my Air Force background, C-130s don't turn like that. <laughs> I, I'm about to tell you, that's a that's a fighter jet turn. I don't. I mean? Yeah, it looked like an old war plane. Is what it looked like. Except I know C-130s weren't actually used in the war. But anyway, oh, yep. um, they are. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know. They're actually <laughs> they the uh they're called the ghost ship. Actually, uh, they get called in from ground troops a lot. They have this huge cannon that fires out the side. Uh, I forget the size. Of, I mean, the size of the bullet is, or the round that comes out is, it's massive. Um, and it's pinpoint accuracy. I mean, it just boom, and it just rains hell down, basically. And it just does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does a big flight circle. They get called in, brrr, light everything up. Roll out, roll out to the next, but they do big sweeping circles. They, you know, they're not a yeah, right. Yeah, fast, that's, that's what was. They're not fast. They big, don't. Yeah, it was a big plane. I mean, yeah. even with other a big people, plane just just doesn't disappear. No, like, no, and it doesn't disappear either. And we all saw it. there was five of us there that night, and we all confirmed to each other that it just disappeared. <laughs> and the fact that it it didn't have any strobe lights on is is odd as well because that's yeah. that's a. That's a regulation. You have to have them on. Right. That's what we thought was odd. Was odd too because no blinking lights, just three white lights, and that was so, it. Ba- like basically, what we were doing that night was we're using Dr. Stephen Greer's protocol. So it's called C study, and he has different tones that you can play, and there's a meditation that you do before you go into this um, sky watching session. So you're given all these like things that you you know that you can look for, like the you know the satellites what they look look like you know all the known things in the sky you're aware of what they are right other things can appear that you don't know and you know like the one time we were sky watching with our friend june and her husband rick he his father's a preacher so he was very skeptical like june had gone with us several times and we've had lights appear in the sky we've had things with trajectory that just takes off in a in a weird angle Mm -hmm. but it was this one time when rick was with us and Rick was the big skeptic. And we sat there after this protocol and we watched this light, like ball of light, like I would say 30 feet around appear and appear above us, right above the tree line. And it was like a really hugely bright light that just went straight across us in front of us very slowly. And then Rick got on the phone. He was so scared. He called his father, who's the preacher, and said, Dad, I'm watching this thing in the sky. Like, literally, he was scared to death on the phone with his father, telling him what he was watching. And then this thing just did this fast movement away from us. So, Whoa. you know, like, that was, to me, human-initiated contact. When you actively are pursuing with your cognitive mind, saying that you want interaction. And that's what we were doing. And it's like, sometimes be careful what you wish for, but that's yeah. what actually happened and then the other weird thing i could say that has happened doing those c-seti tones jenny and i've come home in our home and we've been gone to bed and we've heard musical tones inside of our house what and <laughs> both of us were afraid somewhere. i was afraid to wake her up because I, I wanted to see where these noises were coming from 
I got up out of bed and I'm walking around the house and I hear these musical tones, almost like close encounters of the third kind, just within the house. And it's, like, it's a Fibonacci. Like a, a Fibonacci sound, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like then I went back to bed. I couldn't find out where the tones came from. And I just got like, okay, I'm just going back to sleep. The following morning, Jenny wakes up and says, you were asleep and I heard these tones. <laughs> 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 how did how did the dogs react? Actually, they did not. Yeah, because yeah, that's when we had, um, well, the one time it would have been Harley and Maisie, and then it would have been just Maisie. But yeah, but they did not. Yeah. Then oh, there was another time where it happened, and I remember the tones were going off, and I called, I picked up my phone, and I called my friend Sparky and June and Rick, and I had them on a car. <laughs> multiple conversation phone call <laughs> and I said can you hear what I'm hearing and they said I can hear tones and I was like absolutely they're in our house like these tones wow so you know like I don't know what the, I don't know how to um, classify the stuff that's happened to us but I can say that it all sort of begins with um, initiated contact even that, with Bigfoot that's cool stuff yeah. uh, wow <laughs> oh I don't know how I feel though to be honest with you like I think if I woke up here in tones and I couldn't pinpoint them, I don't know if I'd start thinking I'm crazy or uh, pull, get out the gun and start looking for whoever's messing with me. Like, but then at the same time is, okay, uh, do I have evil spirits here that are going to do some shit to me? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I would think. I would, I I gotta admit, I'd be freaked out a little bit. (laughs) Were you freaked out, Jenny? No, I actually wasn't. Um, I just was kind of like, okay. <laughs> like, we're hearing different tones now. <laughs> like, it's kind of something that we asked for. So, you yeah. know, like, yeah, that's true. I didn't necessarily think I'm going to hear tones in my house, but. And the fact, see, you said you put uh, your friends on a, uh, like a conference call type thing and they, <laughs> yeah. they could hear it. So that's telling me, okay, it's not just hearing it in your head they're they're right that's why i called physical that that's that's crazy yeah but cool at the same time you know what i mean like oh yeah wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) so go on i want to hear more (laughs) um let's see what about the tones or just anything anything because you've got (laughs) you've got my actually Let's jump back to the Shenango because you came across something. Was it last spring? And you ended up getting an audio recording of a disembodied voice on oh, something yeah. you came across in in the Shenango that I would kind of was oh, like, oh shit. Yeah, it's um, there are different recordings that I did at Shenango and in the Allegheny National Forest. So these recordings. We did a day hike. So in the daytime, we're doing a day hike and we're looking for evidence and we're scouting the whole area. Mm-hmm. So at night, this I think the recording you're talking about is, is at the Allegheny National Forest. Yes, but I yes. Was with the, I was with the group of people and we had um, found some things and we had heard some things, but it was at nighttime and we're all around the fire. And I went off with my recorder that is actually my friend's recorder took the recorder out into this area behind where we were all camping. It drops down into this um, large 
ravine, which goes down to a creek bed. But I remember I was with my friend Scott and his daughter Kendra. She was about eight years old. And we're standing there and we're hearing something right around us. Like you could hear movement, like something walking towards us. I pulled out the recorder and I started recording like a paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. This recorder that I use, it records in infrasound. Oh, wow. Okay. That means that it records below 20 HC. So I started communicating like a ghost hunt. And I said, can you tell me the name of this forest? And across the recorder, after I played it back, it said Allegheny. So it, it knew the name of the forest, and I'm not saying it's Bigfoot. Right. I'm just trying to experiment with the feel, is what I called it. Now, yeah. that kind of ties into uh, another podcaster that, that you know better than I do, uh, has started some adventures and went to a place in Pennsylvania that apparently had a Nazi uh, prison camp and okay. came across came across some stuff are you familiar with that i am familiar with that like where jenny and i went to high school there was a german prisoner of war camp yeah where is that is that where he went is is that where he went was out out that way no i think that pennsylvania was like a deport station for um like these nazis were killing each other yeah they were detainees in the 1940s and early 50s i think they had still had german prisoners of war that we're in camps. Yeah. And I never, I never knew that. And it, they, they, they got some, you know, re- recordings and stuff and here you are. W- was there anything like that in that area in the past? You know, I never really thought about ghost hunting uh, the Camp Reynolds, but if the person that you're thinking of that I'm thinking of did that investigation, did he do it on a paranormal level or no? Mm-hmm. He yeah, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was him and his brother. Okay, I'll have to give him a call. I didn't, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of new in the game, so I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to step on anybody's toe, but no, it's okay. Yeah, he, it, and, and you can look him up on YouTube. I'll, I'll give you tell you the stuff after afterwards, but pretty much, I I can guarantee you already know who I'm talking about. But anyway, you know. <clears throat> Could I these Germans, so that would have been cool to go with them. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the, the other thing I wanted to t- touch about was the uh, the pentagram that you came across. Yeah, that was, um. wow. I don't I, know. Like, that was a bad feeling. Like, yeah. That was a creepy feeling. I remember it was like a really foggy day, and I just came um, out of this one area of the Shenango that goes up onto this ravine. And I'm at the top of this area that's very piney. So there's a lot of pine trees. And I noticed this thing on the ground and I'm looking at, at the closer I got to it, I was like, oh shit, that's a pentagram. Like it just had a bad juju feeling, even though a pentagram doesn't always necessarily mean evil. Right. It, but to me, I had a bad juju feeling only because I was by myself and it was very foggy. But, so what, what was the vibe going like when you first got out of your car going in there? Did, did you have like a, an unsettled feeling right out the gate? No, because it was an area that I sort of ghosted for a while. Like I, like I told you, sometimes I'll investigate areas and then I'll let it breathe. Okay. So it was an area that I let breathe. So I was kind of excited to get out there. And I remember just coming upon that pentagram and it was really witchy and Blair witchy looking like... <laughs> 
then I realized it's a pentagram and above the pentagram was um, a vine that went in different directions and there were things hanging from it and then there was blood in the middle of the pentagram and there was a feather so I knew that it had to be some kind of like um, ceremony so I was like this is not like it, this is out of my element like that's not my right. thing so I remember I told Jenny I came back and told Jenny and then I told my friend Sparky Jim Sparks we went back and Sparky is like he's like us fearless but he goes a little step above and beyond where we would go where he is like um like a he, he an agitator he agitated yeah he yes. peed in the middle of that pentagram and I was like what the oh, shit boy. Like, what the hell man is he has he had any bad juju since then? Yeah, he's had some strange things happen after that. Yes. All right, we can but, get into that. I want to finish this then. But I remember I pulled out the recorder and I'm recording. This was another time I went back out to the pentagram and I was out there recording. So I'm recording and I didn't really hear or notice anything until I came home and I put it on Facebook, the pentagram, and I'm talking as I'm walking around it. And my friend Scott called me on the phone and said, Jamie, go listen to that recording at such and such a point, like one minute and 34 seconds. And I went to that one minute, and 34 seconds and isolated the sound. There's a voice on there telling me to get out. Uh huh. I remember and hearing that out. I was sitting on my back, back deck and that came through and I was just like, what the, yeah. I remember what? talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I was just, what the, holy shit. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know. I know, I know this for a fact that where we um, do our Bigfoot research, it's very haunted. Um, in 19, I want to say 1966 is when they flooded the area with eminent domain. So they gave people so much time to get out of their houses before they flooded the area because it was a part of the water control in Pennsylvania. And yeah, they, they did that a lot stadium. over all over Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have a place out, out towards where I live called Raystown Lake. And well, that's kind of out, kind of out near Dubois, I guess you could say area. No, not Dubois. Uh, trying to Clearfield? think. Of, no, it's, it's more out 99. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on it anyway, but it was basically a valley and they told this community, Hey, and I don't know the dates cause I'm a transplant here, but I've been out there swimming when I was younger and what have you, but they basically told me, Hey, you have so much time to get out. And they flooded this whole entire valley and now it's a lake and scuba divers actually dive down and they'll get to the tops of the pine trees and, and different trees that are still there, you know, picking off fishing line and dive all the way. The houses are still there and intact. And it's like, man, you know what? Yeah, that's like Shenango. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's they, crazy. They actually, they um, took the cemeteries and they flooded them. So, I mean, you got like bodies well, that, that are underwater. That, that's not cool. No, I mean, I think they relocated some of them, but not all of them. Wow. So it's, wow. it's got a haunted history too. That's 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 pretty neat. So, did you have any experiences in Europe when you said you you hiked all over Europe? Did you have any cool things happen while you were over there? Because that that has a lot of history over there. Yeah, I was um, I was the first American to study there after the fall of communism in Slovakia. But I remember we went to Auschwitz and we did this tour of the concentration camp and. 
it's not a really to me it, it's it feels sacrilegious to be there like you right. don't want to even take pictures and i don't even think i took pictures when i was there but they they told you that birds don't even fly over i'll switch and it's true i didn't see any birds but it was a feeling of really just um doom like it, it if 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 an emotion can be attached to a land it's attached to the land there like pure you know? evil like not just evil but there is like sadness so like yeah i didn't really see people taking photographs like it just didn't seem right no. and you can feel that whole energy very heavy there i bet i know yeah. i know a, a friend of mine that he went to the the traveling museum i think when it was down in dc and he he said just that touched him because they had you know like shoe you know mem- memorabilia that and he goes, it, it, it brought tears to my eyes, like just seeing this stuff and, and reading, you know, what actually happened to these poor people. And I can only imagine being there like, whoa, this, I'm an empath. So I pick up on energy and that ain't always a good thing. No, no. Jenny's pretty empathic and sensitive. Like, yeah, you got to. I guess you gotta try to figure out how to. Um, what month were you born? I'm sorry. What month were oh, you born? Oh, October. You're in October. Okay, so you're what's your a Libra? Libra. Okay, I'm a Pisces. So we don't really have. We're not a. My opposite sign would be the Virgo. But right, I think I think anybody could probably be. Empire, yeah. I think. Well, true. It's just that I think some people are more so sometimes than others. <laughs> and you do, like, it, the strange thing with me, I don't know if maybe you have this experience, because I've asked other people, but for some reason when I'm in the car, sometimes it gets amplified. When I'm in, when I'm just driving the car, I'm either coming from to work, going to the grocery store, or whatever, I can actually feel the person behind me or beside me, usually not in front of me because we kind of project outward frontwards, right. I guess, but, but either side or behind me. And I'm like, I can be in the best mood possible. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily get that when I'm driving, but I, I drive professionally. So maybe I'm just used to it and tone it out. My mine is when I get into stores and every walmart. now and again yeah walmart yeah walmart i've been pretty good i i don't i've learned to block out a lot of walmart energy <laughs> what, but what i'm at, at the grocery store and, and it all depends and i've never really looked at you know the time of the day or whatever it just it just happens and the best way i tried to explain it to my wife because she's like you look you have this look like you're ready to either a jump out of your skin or kill everybody. And I'm like, I, I, I have no, no thoughts of either, but what is happening? It's like, I can hear every conversation happening around me all at once. And I can zone in on one and then one fades in and out. And it's, and it, it just, it takes my mental state down. Yeah, it's, like it's just like, boom. Yeah, it is kind of like um, you're you're feeling their emotion so much. It's almost like you can, like it's almost like they're not really well for me anyway. It's not like they're 
I can really hear they're verbally saying something, but it's like their emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it, and it's translated as words. If it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's like you open yourself up, and all of a sudden you're a conductor, and all this energy is flowing through you, and your body's just sitting there going, "I don't know what to do with all this," and your mind's going, "I don't either." Let's run. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of. I guess just kind of learn to accept that, you know what, it's not mine. You right. have to, you just have to, you know, figure that out. Yeah. That, you know what, what I'm feeling isn't mine. So I have to let it go. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm still working at it. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I know I have times too. <laughs> I think I, I, I do better more often than, than not. So, but yeah, it's just weird. You know, it, it, you, I never realized I was an empath until, I don't know, maybe about close to a year ago. And some, I was talking with somebody and they're like, dude, you're an empath. I'm like, what the hell is an empath? Like I have like, the, <laughs> is that somebody that's supposed to be very empathetic of somebody? Because I, I, I lack empathy. I, I, it's, it's not a good quality, but I, I lack it. And they're like, no, you don't know. No, no, you're, you're, you're taking it. Th- oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel a lot of that stuff. So it's, yeah. it, it's cool. I it actually, is what it is. I think it's been, I don't know if, I think actually it's probably been happening my whole entire life. It just, I didn't know what to call it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I didn't know what to call it until I don't know. First time I came across the empath was probably maybe two, three years ago. I don't know whatever yeah. it was, but before that you just, I don't it, know. You just were kind of like, I guess maybe you took it upon yourself. But now it's more like I can be like, okay, that's not mine. Yeah. And it's it's amazing how you just feel lighter then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there's times I have like, yeah. I'll pick up on a vibe or maybe I'll see a video that's just kind of doesn't set right with me. And, you know, depending on the time, you know, if it's summer, it's like, I immediately, I got to get barefoot. I got to walk around in the grass. I need to. Yeah. Pull that energy. Yeah, do some earthing. Yep, and Put some grounding in. Yep, and pull my my energy and my. I call it my little chi ball. I gotta I gotta put it right back in the center of me and and ground me out. Yeah, that's like, like Jamie got me a grounding mat. Oh, nice. Um, right, because I like to be out there barefoot too. But when it gets cold and or it's snowy, you can't really you know be doing that as much. But I mean, you could, but. <laughs> Only if you're Cody Lundeen from uh, Dual Survivor. <laughs> that, guy, that, that guy went barefoot everywhere, and I don't know how he did it. True. Is that a, yeah, Vi- is that a Viking shirt? Is that a Viking shirt? Oh, no. I don't have – it's not Viking. It's a – it's just – Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like I had ruins on it. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's Okay. <laughs> That's a little bit of my my uh, my ethnic background: Czechoslovakian, Celtic, Scottish, and the Viking ish. I'm a I'm a Eastern yeah. Europe mutt. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm, I'm mostly English, Irish, and Scottish. I believe. Ah, uh, bad tempers. <laughs> I don't know, I think I'm pretty even tempered though, because I I think because um. I have, you know, like the dark black hair. I don't have red yeah. hair, so it's like. <laughs> That's a good thing. That means you got a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So any any other like cool like how far into astrology are you? I probably you're probably more advanced with that than me. Uh no, I'm a beginner. I I'm a complete novice. What I sent Jamie for you guys to listen to, uh, I sat there and listened to probably seven or eight episodes of of that guy. And I, I'm still trying to grasp it. Like even my wife and I listened to it a couple times and it, I was just like, man, this makes so much sense. Like, cause my whole life, like I believed in God and a, a creator, but at the same time, even as a little kid, I'm like, I kind of tend to, I, I'm not, I'm not native American, but I tend to relate more with their beliefs than I do, yeah. you know, modern day Christianity and stuff. I I, I don't know. And then you tie right. in like astro indigenous, like anything yeah. that's like indigenous, even is even I'd say like you're saying Vikings, mm-hmm. right? But it's all stories of creation. Yeah, so it, it's all there the, is a creator. Yeah, there is a creator. Uh, have, have you you ever hear the Bach saga? What's it called? Bach saga. Mock saga. I don't know. I no. haven't. B A C H saga. Oh, yeah. Mock saga. It was by. Uh, it was. The gist of it is, um, hell was originally in Helsinki, and this family, um, the Box, were in charge of passing down this oral tradition and it had to be passed down orally. So each generation had to memorize and study it and memorize and study it. Kind of like the book of Eli, how he memorized the the whole Bible and, you know, what have you towards the end and then just recited it. Well, this guy, Eeyore Bach just recently died a few years ago and it's kind of making its way on the podcast scene. And it's, it's pretty interesting. And, it it kind of ties in with Viking and like like you had the Finnish and the Swedish languages are what combined originally to form the English language. So um, there's goes all the way into that to he breaks it down like like instead of words being derivatives of Greek or Roman. They're actually derivatives of the Swedish and Finnish language that combined. I, I, I don't know what it's called. Like, I, I'm really new new to, to listening to it because at first when I heard it, I was just like, this sounds dumb. But then the more I listen to this podcaster talk about it, I'm just like, this is really interesting. And this ties into a lot of like Odin belief, you know, and, 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 and what have you. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm into it all. Yeah, we'll have to study that one because I don't know it. I mean, yeah. you took all of creation and you started putting the little puzzle pieces geographically how people thought. Maybe it would all make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Who knows, you know, at, at the end of the who day, knows? you know, maybe I'll ascend into another being and, you know, start a whole new life all over again you know they maybe you know there's rumor they say you know that's why a baby cries is because they're they're born into a new body and they're mad because they left the old body (laughs) and they don't know anything and have to start all over so yeah they're like why am i back here again no (laughs) (laughs) 
So do you have any more stories you want to share? Or do you want to wrap it up or? I mean, we could tell you about our Hawking Hills experience. Like, okay. Yeah. Hawking Hills, Ohio, we had a Bigfoot encounter that was, What's um, ha- again, ha- like. Hawking Hills is known for something, isn't it? Why is that? Fa- why does that sound so familiar? Um, well, it's very beautiful there. They have a lot of, they have like Old Man's Cave and the Rock House. I mean, geographically, it's different than most of Ohio. Like there's a yeah. lot of, um, it's between the mounds. Like there's different mounds that are existent in Pennsylvania and Ohio. So it's in the middle of these mound structures that were built by the uh, Adima Indians, you know, like when. Yeah. Uh, is that way, where the, way, way back. is that where the Serpent Mound is? The or Serpent not, Mound is a little no. further uh, west. Okay. But it's in between like there, there's something called the, um, oh shoot, it's the People's Mound. It's called the People's Mound and okay. um, the Earthworks Mound. Those are all like Hawking Hills is this basin that is sort of like this glacial area that's really neat. But we had a Bigfoot encounter there. Like we were there with um, our friend Sparky and two of our other friends. And we hike this area that is known for activity. And, you know, during the daytime, we were um, just hiking all of Hawking Hills, but we took this power line that they had just built. So we're hiking this power line and we found this like print. So it was definitely somebody walking barefoot, very big, very large, and it was slightly washed out, but you could still see the toes and you could see how um, there was a track wave. So, you know, we photographed all that, we measured it, and then we went back to our cabin. So we're at the cabin and we're sitting around at night and our friends are talking and they don't believe in Bigfoot, the two friends that came with us. And, you know, like I'm sitting there and I'm looking up at the sky and I said to myself, Bigfoot, don't make me look stupid. Because they said, let's go up on the hill for shits and giggles for Jamie. You know, let's just go up there. Mm -hmm. So we go out on this power line and we're up on this power line and as we get to the top of it, like we see these lightning bugs everywhere. So it's like super spiritual. If, if I didn't see Bigfoot or have a Bigfoot encounter, yeah, that, that alone really would have been the most beautiful thing. Cause we were watching these fireflies for miles. Oh, wow. And then I'll turn it over to Jen. Cause like, Oh, well, yeah. Like you said, like it was just, every tree was lit up. It was amazing. But anyway, we took this, um, this road that kind of paralleled where they put the power lines in. And, you know, we walked down, like, maybe maybe not even a quarter of a mile. And we like, walking down, and we started hearing something. We're like, wait a minute. Sounds like something's in the brush or something else is out here. And we turned around. We started coming back. We're, like, trying to listen. And we did hear, like, footfalls, and we did hear what sounded like grunting. It sounded like and, a primate, really, like this hmm. gut, like, primate sound. Like a, so we're listening and like, as we're standing there, our friend Monique, like these two skeptics were both standing there and they were both like, holy shit, this is really crazy. The vocalization. So mean. we're standing there and I did um, a knock and then I did a whistle. And shortly after I did the whistle, our friend Monique said, that is not a goddamn dog. Cause we were trying to debunk it in our minds, like what we were hearing. And just as she said that we hear this tree uprooted, and it was thrown right at us. So it landed right near our friend Sparky. And, you know, like Jenny and I are standing there like, this is really, you know, messed up. Like we really had just had a tree thrown at us. We're all in shock. And I think I said, Jesus, I don't know. And then our friend Todd said, I'm out. So Everybody started we're running. freaking out. Like I, looking back, I wish we would have stayed, but 
the really cool thing is Jenny had a recorder going the whole entire time. Yeah, I did in my pocket and I forgot about it. <laughs> but our friend Monique, I wasn't expecting this, but she had an air horn and she let off this air horn, which scared the shit out of her. <laughs> More than the tree being thrown at us. I was not expecting that. But, you know, like... How close did the tree land to you? Oh, gosh. Well, Sparky was the closest to it. You can feel it in the ground. How big was it? Like, you know, like know, three or four inches around or... I, well, Sparky said he went back to check it out and said it was a large tree. And when it fell, it I mean, you could actually with the cure it, feel it. It was, tell it was a large tree, but he actually went back and got back in there and, and saw the tree. Right. The area that it happened was sort of like, um, it's a tree farm. So there's a tree farm where we mm-hmm. stayed. Then be on the other side of the power line is sort of swampy. So okay. there's really nothing for miles, like nothing. So it was a, a pine tree that was thrown at you then? No, I think... I I'm not really sure what tree it was. Like okay. My memory failed me with that. It, was, it wasn't right. a pine tree. It was, it was a big tree. It, it was, was something big... that was slightly rotted but still pulled out of the ground and thrown at us. Well, it wasn't a pine tree. It was more like a maple tree or something like that. Okay. Not a pine tree. Though. Well, I can tell you humans, there's some strong humans, but... They ain't Nobody, throw, no, 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 ain't no, none of them throwing trees that like that. No, and I mean, the cool thing about that is you have it recorded. So Jenny has the recording. You can hear the tree coming out of the ground, and you can hear it coming through the air at us, like, and then you hear our reactions. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's something. It, actually, we laugh every time we hear it because it's just, I think mean, when you go back and listen to it, like initially it was like, oh, my God, you know, it's like, whoa. But then after you listen to it, when you listen to the recording, it's funny. And I know, like, when you put this out there and your listeners are listening and, and they're thinking to themselves, these people have some really crazy experiences. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, you have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself in a situation, in a position where you are going to have things happen. And they'll happen. Like, I'm telling you. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> you ain't going to see Sasquatch or Bigfoot if you never leave your house. If you don't go out and look for it or or even a hunter, we can take Bigfoot out of it. A hunter's never going to go out and harvest a deer if he never leaves his house because he's never going to have that experience. You know what I mean? So it's same, same philosophy and concept. I, Wow. I, I couldn't imagine having a tree thrown at me. I'd hmm. <laughs> probably. Well, hey, we've enjoyed being on your show, and I'm yeah. glad you asked us to be guests. Is there anything you guys want to plug? Any Facebook pages? Any socials? Anything like that? Um, you know, like <laughs> I'm on Instagram. It's just Jamie under slash Jenny, and that's where I archive all of my Bigfoot research, and okay. I do it with hashtag You know, my own Bigfoot hashtag, but okay. it's under J A M I under slash Jenny and it's on Instagram and then Facebook it's Jamie and Jenny King or I I am an administrator with PSR which is Pennsylvania Sasquatch Research it can be found there and then I have my own Bigfoot page but basically it's for local people like that's where I archive all of my local micro study stuff and I've had a really quiet year gotcha well I uh we'll wrap this up uh we can talk for a little bit off the air and uh Thank you again for coming on. I mean, this we we touched on more than just Bigfoot, and it was it was very exciting. I liked it. 
Yeah, it was fun. I think think I could pick your brain on a couple other different topics on a different day because I think we're, we're, I don't know, we're all into the same kind of things at the end of the day. Yeah, maybe I should say we were both ghost hunter. We were ghost hunter volunteers at two different locations. We could talk another time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love that stuff. We could talk for hours on that. We we could. We could. We could could do a a, a mini series, I bet. Yeah, Yeah, you've got some stories. Yeah, I have a few. So, well, thank you, guys. I will... uh, plug your socials and everything in the in the show notes so people can get a hold of you or even check out the facebook pages i know i'm i love going on your instagram and especially when you you were going live you know during you know lockdown and stuff and i that was that to me that was neat i was like oh wow my buddy's out there he's he's looking for bigfoot and look at the shit he's finding he found a damn pentagram get the hell out of there (laughs) right i wasn't expecting it yeah Not at all. So, all right. We'll talk again. And thank you all for listening. Thank you you for having us, ghosts. Yes, not a problem. (laughs) What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.